Hello there, everyone. I'm going to start this podcast off by saying that this is probably my third time (laughs) trying to start this podcast. For some reason, every single time I hit record, it stopped recording while I was talking. Um, And each time I was further along (laughs) in my discussion. So that's pretty crazy. Um, but without further ado, the intro. You're listening to Housewives on Display with just Jay tonight. Um, the other Jay is out living her life, living her best life. And I had no plans. (laughs) So I decided I will take one for the team this time. Um... And I'll record an episode by myself. And I'm actually not mad about that. I'm excited. Let's see, you know, let's see what I come up with, <laughs> honestly. In this episode, I will be covering Real Houses of Potomac and Salt Lake City. Unfortunately for Potomac, I will only be covering one particular scene in that episode because I felt like that episode was, as we like to call episodes around here groundhog's day there was nothing of importance that happened nothing new that was shown nothing new that was described like there was just nothing new quite honestly and the scene that i'm talking about in particular is the dinner scene you know ashley decided she needed to rehash shit and i just want to talk about how i think that's fucking whack and so if I have to give this episode a rating, I'm going to give it a C plus. It was very basic, quite honestly, pretty boring. Might have been one of the more lackluster scenes. Uh, I'm sorry, episodes of the season. But you know, again, my podcast, my opinion. FYI, I am talking about season five, episode sixteen, titled "Picking Sides." So to start off with the episode, well, particularly the scene that I want to cover, you know, Giselle and Ashley make their way downstairs and they're, they meet up and Ashley's like, oh, like, look at that, you know, cute African print. And Giselle's like, yeah, like Wendy would love this. I just want to make a note that I know that there are <laughs> reasons why certain prints are worn, certain cultures wear certain prints, certain colors are worn for certain events. You know, Giselle's kind of making it a grab bag, you know, generic African print. I just want y'all to know that I know the difference, okay? (laughs) And so fast forward, we're at the dinner scene and somehow it's discussed, it's brought up again that Wendy's a super mom and she, you know, does all sorts of things and she's busy, 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 busy. And apparently she only sleeps. Between the hours, her sweet spot, quote unquote, between 2 and 4 a.m., which, I mean, I'm not going to debate with her. If she says it's true, then it's fucking true. I'm not going to, you know, say it's not. But that sounds pretty shitty. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Honestly, also, you guys, complete side note, full disclosure, because, you know, I feel like we're personal now, you know, like we're, we're cool now. I have to, actually I have two things to disclose. One, 
I have a microphone now. I don't know if you can hear the clarity, but I have a mic now and I'm on the mic and I'm talking into the mic. And for some reason, the mic makes me feel even more fucking official. So I feel like I'm ready to give you guys the fucking business, okay? And two, I took a couple shots before I started talking. So if I go on a tangent, if I get on my soapbox, if I slur my words, let it rock. It's it's Friday night and that's it. So anyway, <laughs> back to the scene. <laughs> so, you know, Wendy discloses that she only sleeps two hours a night, which again, uh, <laughs> you know what, let me stop. Obi says that we really dislike Wendy and we do. And... <laughs> We didn't start off like that. If you could hear in our previous episodes, we did like Wendy and we were team Wendy. I just, I somehow just got lost in the Wendy love, you know, somewhere there. So I won't dog her, but again, she only sleeps two hours. So Candace hears that and she just decides, you know, like, wow, like you guys, like I'm, I'm hearing what you're talking about. Like Wendy, you don't get enough sleep and you know, um, Ashley, your ass rips and (laughs) I'm just inspired and I think I'm ready to become a mom and I'm making light of it, but it's a big deal for Candace. Like this is like, it's like her come to Jesus moment. Like she's never quite felt like this in any capacity about having children. You know, she has her issues with her mom. She has issues with other women and she just didn't feel ready. And, and now she's basically kind of voicing like, Maybe I'm not going to try right this second, but, you know, as soon as I get home from Madeira, but I think I'm ready. Like, if it happens, it happens. I'm not, like, really shook up about it. And I think that's really big. And, you know, I think everyone else thought that that was really big, except for Ashley, because Ashley decided to take that moment and basically shit on it. She brings up old shit that's happened between her and Candace. And she's like, you know, remember when you, you know, laughed? And me and Michael, when we were crying, and you said that we were fake crying about our miscarriages and um, yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, listen, (laughs) I don't necessarily want to be on Candace's side, but it's everyone is making it very hard to not be on her side this season. I just want to make that pretty fucking clear before I continue on. Like between this whole thing with, Monique and then this whole thing with Ashley like it's it's I just can't help but be on Candace's side because I I I really do feel like she's getting the brunt of a lot of shit for no reason and I don't want to take it the colorism route I really don't want to get on my soapbox and say it but I think maybe that is the case and I'll tell you why after I finish talking about this episode. So, <laughs> Ashley's just getting on her soapbox, bringing up old shit that's already been talked about and discussed. Like, Candace has already apologized for her comments. Like, what more do you want? I kind of hate that in a person. Like, yes, I've offended you. I've hurt your feelings. I get that. But I've apologized. If you ain't shit and get off the fucking pot, like, how many times are you going to bring it up? It's, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can't keep, I can't keep apologizing. I feel like Candace, I can't keep apologizing. 
either you forgive me or you fucking don't. If you don't, that's on you. And that's and it's completely valid if you don't. Like it was shitty what Candace did. I'm not saying that it wasn't. But you, what you're not gonna do is keep bringing this shit up years past, countries ago. Like goddamn. Let, you know, like, let it rock at this point. Like, either you forgive her or you don't. And if you don't, that's fine. But then stop pretending like you do. And I think that's my issue with it. So, you know, basically, just as she continues to be on her soapbox and saying, like, and, and just being on Candace's neck, <laughs> you know, like, Karen decides to kind of make the moment about her. And you know I'm team Karen, but I felt like it was kind of weird, her little interjection about her and Ray. Like, yes, we got it. You and Ray are having issues. We got it. Whatever. He finally said, thank you for soldiering up. To me, it felt like a fake thank you. But Karen, if you're really, you know, you're willing to run with it, then fucking run with it. Like, who am I to tell you not to? You know what I mean? Ashley says, like, listen, like, I, I'm trying to get over it, but I just can't. And... I think someone else had mentioned it too, but I agree. Like, and that sounds like a you problem. You know, like I, I said some shitty things to you. You called me out on it. I apologize. I'm trying to make it better. I haven't said anything else shitty to you. I've done my part. If you can't get over it or you don't want to get over it, again, that's your prerogative, but you can't. You can't continue to hold that against me. And again, getting on your fucking moral high ground soapbox and you're like, I, I want to forgive you. I just can't, Ashley. Really? And so I appreciate it because honestly, this must be the season that Robin really found her fucking voice. And she's just like, listen, like, Ashley, it's really crazy that you're holding this against Candace because... You were the same way back in your day before you had a baby. You were talking shit about everybody else's motherfucking family and everyone else's situation. No apologies. And it's really crazy that you can't forgive Candace for this situation when we have to forgive you. And this is why I bring up the colorism issue because I'm like, why does Ashley get to get away with so much shit? (laughs) Ashley, before she had Dean, talked so much shit about everyone and everything in every situation and she would do it with a fucking smirk on her face because she knew it was fucked up and you know I didn't necessarily mind it like it was good television it pushed plot but how come when you know Candace essentially does the same thing it's really a motherfucking problem I'm gonna let y'all sit and simmer on that but that's how I feel okay and that's that on that so that's really all I wanted to cover. I appreciated that Robin called Ashley out on her bullshit. Um, you know, and Ashley had to sit there with the eye ass face, as Kevin Hart has once said back when he was funny. You know, I appreciate that. I love that, you know, Candace didn't allow herself to be triggered. Um, she didn't allow herself to be triggered by it and really just kept it pushing. And I really hope that Ashley takes this moment to really come to grips with what you know Candace has said and Candace's apology and really just be become okay with it like and again like I, I shouldn't even say become okay with it like if you don't want to be if Ashley doesn't want to forgive her she doesn't she really doesn't have to it's completely interprerogative it's completely fair it's completely fine if she doesn't want to but it's not fair to keep 
continuing to bring it up. And if you're going to hold the grudge against her for doing and moving and acting and saying things that you yourself has said, if not worse, before you had Dean, then I don't know what to tell you. Like, you, it's either, again, shit or get up the fucking pot. Like, forgive her or don't, but to keep continuing to bring it up is kind of whack. On that note, that's really all I had to say about this particular episode. Again, Ashley does end up telling Giselle and Robin toward the end that she is going to be a character witness for Monique's case. I think that is also bullshit. Yes, you know, you may, I understand that you feel like you owe Monique one because, you know, Monique kind of, you know, helped you and Michael out. But I don't feel like it's the same thing. I don't feel like it's on the same level. Like, you know, Monique helped you and Michael out about your case. You're trying to, you know, basically character assassinate like Candace based on an issue that had nothing to do with what happened at the the actual barn and um was years prior you know what I mean like it's it's kind of it's really fake to me and again you have told Candace previously that you're willing to move on and that you're okay but you're clearly not and you're moving like you're not and I think that that is the wackest thing ever now if Ashley had straight up been like bitch we'll never be friends we ain't ever friends like fuck it fuck you and then also did this shit I'd understand that. Then I'd be like, well, I mean, listen, she said we ain't friends. Like, and I get that. That that makes perfect sense. But to pretend to act like you are, but then you do this shit, it's kind of whack. Ashley, again, with the butter knife, it didn't go far. You know, again, Chris stepped in. What actually could she have done with a butter knife? You, you can't even cut somebody with a butter knife. Let's, let's be fucking real. It was after she told you to get out of her fucking house because you were talking disrespectfully. Remember, again, what Robin brought up? Like, yeah, you used to be reckless with your fucking mouth. For some reason, Ashley has forgotten that. You were talking fucking crazy about who owns her house and whose name is on the house. She told you to get out, and you decided to do a motherfucking U-turn to come back into the house. So if anything, you were trespassing at that point because I told you to leave my fucking premises, and you came the fuck back, and you were still talking shit. So, yeah, I'm going to pick up whatever the fuck I got right next to me and I'm going to tell you to get out the house. Is it for the show? Probably. <laughs> you know, like, was was Candace aware of the cameras? Absolutely. Like, whatever. But, again, to hold it against her, weird. Weird. Let it go. Let it fucking go. Please. You know, Ashley's doing this weird thing. She's like, oh, you know, the karma train is in. Coming into my station? No, it's not. It's passing your station, actually. We're on the express route. We're passing your station. We're going to 125th in Harlem. Nothing else interesting happened. They went fucking tobogganing or sledding or whatever the fuck it's called. And Okay. That's it. And for who's on display in this episode? Um, I would say Ashley. And not particularly for good reasons. I feel like she... Got really weird at the dinner scene for no, and brought up old shit for no reason. I don't know if it was like a push plot motive, but it was weird. Also, later on in the episode, when she does bring up that she's doing the character witness thing, and you know, obviously Giselle and Robin kind of get on her case about that. She was kind of the villain in this episode, quite honestly. 
um, and or whatever you want to consider it, had the most to say. So I would put her on display. So <laughs> if you want to go and get some snacks, we always say snacks, but you want to go and get a snack, get a drink, wet your whistle, I don't know, do some stretches, do a couple squats or whatever, that's fine. I'm going to give you a moment. We're going to head to our commercial break. And then when we get back, we're going to be talking Salt Lake City episode two. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Okay, everyone. So I'm back. Um, (laughs) It's actually a new day. (laughs) Um, So I'm kind of sorry about that. It's just been a very hectic week. Okay. Um, And yeah, so we're going to cover Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, season one, episode two, A Snow Mountain of Trouble. Let me get a little water because I'm just waking up. Okay. (laughs) Voice is sounding really raspy. Okay. So Unfortunately, <laughs> to me, this episode was also very not worth reviewing. I gotta be honest. Um, if I had to rate this episode, which I do, I would give this a solid C plus. Really, I could have gone for the C though. Um, it just nothing spectacular happened. I feel like the only like new and hilarious tidbit of information that we found out is that is that Whitney's dad was a hair salon owner. I think that's, I think that's hilarious for obvious reasons. I won't say them. I won't be mean. But I just want you all to know that I feel like that was literally the only thing worth noting. Prior to the dinner scene, because I think the dinner scene is the only scene, once again, that something interesting had happened. So I'm just going to talk about the dinner scene. So the scene starts off with the ladies, you know, sitting at the table. This is following um, their little ski trip. I just want to make a note that Jen's outfit was the best. And I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but I just think that I really like her outfit. I love a good snake print. It's snake and fur, but it's not fur all around. It's fur on one side. I don't know. (laughs) It was just, I just like everything about it. Yeah, and so they're basically just talking about, you know, their trip down the mountains, yada, yada, yada. Whitney decides to take this time to, I don't know, tap into the advice that Meredith gave her, and she decides that she's just going to confront Lisa now about her behavior toward her and how she thinks that she's dismissive of her and judgmental and critical and all sorts of shit like that. We also find out that Whitney's dad is going to Mary's church, which is very concerning for me. I really want someone to make sure that this man gets actual real help to help him better himself, not from Mary's cult congregation, but okay. And so Lisa's response when Whitney's like, I feel judged by you, Lisa. Lisa automatically just goes and says, I don't judge you. I don't know why you would feel judged. If you feel judged, it's because you feel judged. It's a you problem, not a me problem. Whoa. It felt very Nene 
felt very Durinda, who cannot take accountability for shit. Whoa. So, like, the way she responded lets me know that she was, in fact, judging this bitch. And actually, she had just gotten finished saying how, like, they were having this weird Mormon versus non-Mormon discussion that I couldn't quite understand because I don't know anything about Mormonism. And Lisa was coming off very, like, non-supportive of Whitney's dad's decision to go to a congregation outside of Mormonism. And, you know, and I was on Whitney's side with that. I was like, wow, Lisa probably is doing a little judgmental thing, but that's shouldn't be really shocking in this type of community. And also the way you just asked her and she the way she just responded, I'm like, yeah, okay, that bitch was definitely on your case. And if you remember a little earlier in the episode, Lisa was like ranting to her husband about Whitney and how she don't like her and how she thinks she's ungrateful and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, over the tequila, which I also didn't understand what was going on with the tequila bid. Um, so if y'all can explain that to me again, DM me, tweet me something. Cause I don't know what they were arguing over. Did, did Lisa give Whitney like some free tequila and bartenders or whatever? And Whitney was saying, I don't, I didn't appreciate that. Like I, I was really confused as to what was being said. It felt a lot of like covert shit. But then Whitney said at the dinner scene, she said, I feel threatened by you. And that's where I felt like I needed to take a step back. Threatened is a is is a strong, strong word. And there's a certain type of person, and y'all will know who I'm talking about. There's a certain type of person that uses the word threatened when there is nothing threatening occurring. <laughs> Let me just say that. You feel judged and threatened by me? That's a lot. That's a lot. And the beef on the show is feeling very manufactured is that surprising no they're a new you know it's a new franchise they don't know each other for the most part i'm sure um so you got to do something to kickstart it and i get that but usually i don't know it's felt better hidden better reserved these new chicks this season wendy also again I've been told that we are always dogging Wendy, and I mean, I guess we are, whatever, fuck it. But Wendy and then the bitches on this show, they feel very manufactured to me. They feel very aware of where the cameras are. I need to give you a moment. I need to be a star. I need to make it out on the scene. And I don't feel like I've ever felt that degree of like, look at me, look at me in a while when watching Housewives. Maybe because every other like franchise has like somebody who is, you know, people that have been there for so long, but I'm just not used to that. Like, even Leah from Real Housewives in New York didn't feel so manufactured to me. So I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. I was just having, like, a weird out-of-body experience watching this woman say that she felt threatened. And then, of course, Meredith has to come out on the scene and (laughs) kind of insert herself, like, look at me, like, I manufactured the beef for you. Thank you. And she's like, when I told Whitney up on that hill to talk her issues out, I didn't think she'd do it over the dinner table that we were knew we were going to right after this ski trip. You know, like it felt very like, come on, girl. Like it just felt Housewives 101. I felt like that's that's what I'm watching. I'm on YouTube and I'm searching Housewives for Dummies, like 
the basics of housewives. If I wanted to be a housewife, this is what I would watch so that I can learn how to manufacture beef. It doesn't feel real to me. And so then Whitney goes to say, like, I felt like in our conversation, at some point, you would be bringing up a rumor about me if I, if you didn't like what I said about you. And the rumor that she's alluding to is that her and her husband are swingers. Now, they definitely probably are. <laughs> um, so uh, let me just get that out and say that, because where does that even come from? Either you're swingers or you've had an open experience or you've had just like a threesome or two, and that's also fine. But, you know, it's taboo in the Mormon church. Okay, whatever. But then my second point is they're not in the Mormon church anymore. So why do they care about what the rumors are? Like, I mean, like, would I be bothered that somebody was saying me and my man are swingers when we're not? Maybe. I guess. Uh you know, you just, I feel like if I heard it and it was not true, I'd be like, oh, that's not true. And then people kept saying it, then I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going to rock with it. It's true. And I'm going to just let y'all have that because you so desperately want that to be my storyline. So I'm going to give it to you. That's fine. So I don't know why Whitney's kind of making it a big deal and really like coming off as very paranoid. Again, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I forgot a crucial scene that happened where Lisa really did say she was a swinger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it seems like beef that I don't understand where it came from. And if I can't understand its original source, then it probably wasn't that significant. So I feel like I don't think I am. But okay. But even then, it didn't really, the conversation didn't really go that awry until Heather felt the need to insert herself in her own experience with Lisa in this moment. Now, again, if there's anyone feeling threatened right now, it's Lisa because I'm like, Whitney's bringing something up about her out of the blue, out of nowhere while we're sitting on a dinner table. I thought we all had a good day. I had to convince myself with my husband that I was going to let you rock. And I wasn't going to bring no shit up. I was, you know what I mean? And now we're sitting at the table and you want to tell me that you feel judged? You feel threatened? What? Like, when I first saw this, I wasn't on Lisa's side, but now I kind of am. Like, and again, feel free to message me because I really want to understand, am I missing something here? Y'all are coming at her crazy. Whitney, you, you got some balls on you from last episode. You was talking, you wasn't talking all of this. And then it's like, Heather, I didn't need you to interject yourself, too. I'm not saying that Lisa doesn't need to answer to these accusations. But I just felt like this wasn't the time or place. We all had a good day. I think we're about to have a good dinner. And then you want to do this ambush? Again, manufactured, trying to give me something in the second episode. But it ends up making it look cheap. Looking manufactured. Looking store-bought. Looking purchased looking hand-me-down you know what I mean like I and Heather actually goes as far as to say we haven't been feeling love and kindness what 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 <laughs> like, bitch you're a grown woman what are you talking about you haven't been feeling love and kindness what does that mean to me I'm really curious as to what everyone else's like position is on this because am I bugging isn't Lisa from New York? Is it because we're from New York? Because I feel like I'm on her side. Like, this feels kind of crazy right now. 
I would feel like I was having an out-of-body experience if I was sitting at that table. And then Heather and Lisa just start further, further getting into it, bringing up the whole honor code bullshit from back last episode and et cetera, et cetera. Did Lisa say that? Yes. Did Lisa mean it? Yes. Was it probably true? Yes. Do I understand why Heather like is mad that she said it on national TV? Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Agreed to all that. Unfortunately, I still am not on anyone else's side. I'm very neutral in that fight. I don't know why. And that changed from last episode. And, you know, Heather's just being kind of annoying, in my opinion. Like, you know, you, of course you know me. You know me. It's feeling very, like, Shorty from Real Housewives of Atlanta. What was her name? Why can't I? And I, it starts with, like, a Y. Yovana, right? It's feeling very Yovana. Like, I'm that bitch from Clark. You know what I mean? Like, whoa. Relax, babes. Okay? And then Lisa throws out thumbs up. She said, until you can't figure out what I trigger in you, then we can't have a conversation and move on. And until then, thumbs up. And we're all like, thumbs up. And apparently, Lisa had texted Heather asking her, did you talk to Jen? And then Heather was like, yes, we spoke this morning. And she's like, can't wait to see you tonight. And Heather sent her a thumbs up emoji. Is this really what made it to the fucking television? Now, we had mentioned before that we think that this had been, like, they've been recording film for this for, like, a very long time. I forgot how much we said, but it was a very long time. And now I'm thinking it's because there was literally no fucking material. That they had to keep cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting film and scene. Because this is what it's about. And it was like... She probably won't even recognize me when I show up since she doesn't know me. So, like, why would I even text her back? So then Heather decides to do some Jedi mind trick where she's like, so I'm apologizing for a thumbs up text. That's supposed to be an FU, like, universal code. Like, what? So trying to make Lisa seem like she's crazy for reading into it like that. And Lisa's like, don't diminish the text. And then Heather goes in the confessional. She was like, yeah, it was an FU. Okay. So you're mad that you got caught being petty and sending a thumbs up to mean F you when you're a grown ass woman. Yes, you did get caught. But the trying to flip it back on Lisa and make her seem petty for bringing it up, that was pretty master manipulator. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> In a very childish way, of course. But yeah, okay. So my favorite part of this scene, really and truly, though, is... Whitney's sitting in the background, just smirking and smiling and laughing. Some more manufactured plot. <laughs> Everyone needs to be mad at Lisa. The bitch doesn't give a fuck, right? Okay. I see how that's going to go. So like I said before, I'm keeping my eye on fucking Whitney. Because any bitch that can just throw out the word threatened <laughs> when there's indeed nothing threatening going on, you got to keep an eye out on her. And I got to keep my eye out on Heather because she's seeming a little bit more master manipulator than I thought. Um, and also just very emotionally unhinged because the things that bother this woman are just not really worth it. Um, I still think Mary is crazy. Jen, earlier in the episode, was trying to have her fucking moment. She was bringing up, you know, the Mary shit. I think it was actually fucking hilarious when they said that Mary looked like a Christmas tree or a loofah. Um, she did look like both. And then they panned over to Mary doing some weird dance jig. I was like, wow. 
they got her looking crazy um but yeah but Jen was trying to have like a manufacturing moment then she's screaming her head off I'm like listen bitch come on and Jen I think I like Jen you know but I still gotta keep my eye out on her because I'm like babes like it's not that deep like she said you smell like hospital and you did I mean was it nice no but she's already said that she don't give a fuck let's keep it moving you're giving her more energy you're giving it more heat than it needs which tells me that you're just trying to be seen and i get that everyone is trying to you know get picked up for another season and i get that everybody wants to be on that next season but there's better ways to do it less obvious ways in my opinion and then so the episode ends with them calling clean slate like we're not gonna talk about this we're not gonna move this shit up anymore and thank god i really hope they don't like i don't want to hear this into episode three into the rest of the season bring bring me some new shit bring me some new material the hand-me-down gotta stop i don't want it anymore when i first watched it i wasn't on her side then when i watched it again i started to see her side more and now i think she's converted me a little bit i'm not saying i'm completely like lisa's one of my top characters because they are characters but i am saying that i i like her more than i did the first episode but you know, everything's always subject to change. So let's, you know, let's see. I feel like that was all that was worth really talking about this episode. So who was my housewife on display? It would probably be Lisa because, you know, it was just a little bit that I needed to harp on and that was it. I don't need a whole episode, two episodes each. So again, thanks for listening. And okay, so that's all I have for you folks. I don't really have any breaking news. There's nothing happening except for the same old shit. Joe Biden keeps winning the fucking presidency (laughs) over and over again. COVID is still a thing and rising. Apparently we have a vaccine coming up. So, you know, hopefully everything's all right with that and it works and we can be outside next week. Meg The Stallion released a new album. And I'm gonna hold my thoughts on that album, but just know if you don't like the song Body, you're gonna have a hard time being on social media for the next month or so. So I would really suggest that you make yourself like that song. And I think that's it. So thanks for joining me for my first solo episode. (laughs) Sorry it was so short, but these episodes, actually I feel like it was good that these episodes for the episodes because it gave me a nice amount of time to talk, but not talking too much and Adios.